You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolize Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as this team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Folks, welcome to episode three of Where the Buffalo Roam. I am producer Steve, and I'm here to talk picks, prospects, and all of the young players that are going to make the Buffalo Sabres truly great again. Uh, it is Saturday, the 22nd, uh, just fresh off a big W at home against the Philadelphia Flyers, uh, you know, the Rasmus Ristolainen revenge game where he did get a goal. He got that first one. He beat Hauser five hole. Hauser got a good, good piece of it, but not enough of it. Uh, Rasmus would get his, uh, second goal of the year against us, but, uh, no one really cared about that after a certain amount of time because we had three separate players with two goals apiece for the first time since 2008 against the Lightning. Um, and that was Jeff Skinner, Tage Thompson, and most notably, as we all saw, Peyton Krebs. Peyton Krebs gets his first NHL goal, a deflection off a clapper from Yoki Haru. Uh, you know, not the prettiest way to score your first NHL career goal, but, you know, they don't ask how, they ask how many. And uh, for that first one, it's just nice to get the pressure off. But then that second one, he scores right out the box after a penalty called on him. Uh, he's rushing to get back into the play, but then uh, Asplund gets possession. He kind of sees the situation play out in a millisecond, sees Krebs essentially all alone at the other end of the ice. He sends it. Krebs doesn't even have to call for it. He just runs it down, beats Carter Hart clean, you know, picture-perfect Sally, like he's just a pure goal scorer, even though he admits, even in his post-game, that he's just a playmaker. And, uh, yeah, Peyton Krebs, two goals, his first two NHL goals here with Buffalo. Uh, Jeff Skinner, I think that was his 16th goal of the season with that one. Tage Thompson with two again. Uh, that is uh, multiple two goal nights for Jeff Skinner this year after basically being invisible last year under the tutelage of Ralph Kruger. So that's just great to see. Uh, it was a game like today that kind of makes you just so happy that a lot of our futures are panning out. Like the players that are in Rochester right now, you can see that they're going to have a spot here next year. Like obviously Peyton Krebs. Jack Quinn, J.J. Paterka, the big three. They are obviously going to make themselves at home. I think Matias Samuelson has all but solidified his spot as the third left-hand defenseman in this core going forward. Um, he's doing everything you could possibly want out of a guy of his size. You know, he's making the smart passes. He's tying himself up with whatever. It doesn't matter who's in front of the net. 
trying to get a nice easy tip in on something. He's tying him up. He's getting the body on. He's taking the chops. He's blocking the shots. He's doing what you need to do to keep goals from happening. And that's exactly, that's been like one of the biggest things is like some of these D, D guys in our core, they just get caught puck watching and they're not taking a body. They're not tying up their man. They're left alone, point blank, dead to rights. And we wonder why they score so many easy goals like that. And Matias Samuelson is just not letting that happen. Uh, so Matias Samuelson, I, I, I can't see any reason why he isn't going to have a home here next year. I could definitely see Casey Fitzgerald being a nice seventh man in the mix, just uh, based on his few appearances, his four games with us. Uh, he was making some smart plays too. He had a few questionable turnovers, but I think that was more a symptom of, you know, I hadn't played in the big show before, and uh, I, I wouldn't put too much stock into it. I don't think he's quite the turnover machine that we hear Oscar Laxanen can be at times. I think he was just a little jittery. I think some of the games he had to play, he just was not in a position to succeed. If I'm not mistaken, he was on the ice for that 6-1 L to the Tampa Bay Lightning just last week, which was just rough. But that said, there are a lot of people that are in the AHL right now that are not going to be there next year. And I think that it's important to start thinking about that because those are going to be some vacancies that need to be filled at the Rochester level. Uh, because as far as I can see, pending any crazy injuries, uh, pending any game-breaking trades, the core of your team next year could look as follows. The Skinner-Thompson line, top number one. Uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's going to be great. That second line is most likely going to be some iteration of Cousins, Middlestat, and Quinn. Your third line, definitely keep Krebs at his center with Ocposo on the right, J.J. Paterka on the left. Your uh, fourth line down there, your depth guys, keep Gergensen's playing 4C, Asplund on one side, Brett Murray on the other. Uh, the decor is going to be the interesting, the interesting one because I do think a big trade needs to be made for a top four right-handed defenseman. I think we're just a little bit too weak on that side, especially uh, when next year it's almost a certainty that Owen Power is going to be making a call up to the big show. I don't see him sticking around in Michigan after this year, and I don't see uh, I don't see the Sabres organization thinking that he needs that time at the AHL level. I think he's proven himself this year in Michigan that he's ready to play with the big boys, and I think he's going to get a look pretty much immediately. So if we've got Darlene Power and Samuelson on the left side, uh, Yoki Haru is the only right-handed defenseman that we actually have signed through next year. Um, we might re-sign Mark Pezik. I don't know. It'd be nice. I, I think as a third-line guy, he's good. But there's just a big open hole somewhere in that top four. I don't know which person Yoki Haru plays with, either Darlene or Power, but there's just a big vacancy. Uh, I do think a big trade needs to be made. So, uh, you know, uh, Samuelson, Fitzgerald... Terka, Krebs, Quinn, those guys are not going to be returning to the AHL. And uh, I think it's uh, worth thinking about who you have in the pool right now before this draft happens that could potentially be filling some of those roles. And some of these people that I'm thinking about are the kinds of people that I'm made aware of periodically with uh, highlight clips from uh, none, other, none other than Chris Baker. That guy's got his uh, finger on the pulse of just about every prospect he's fine he's sharing clips from the khl at like eight in the morning uh he's he's just he just knows what's going on 
And one of the guys that I see him talk about more often than most is uh, Olivier Nadir from uh, Quebec there. He's a 19-year-old, right-handed shot, right-winger, 6'2", 204 pounds. He was a fourth-round pick in this uh, 2021 draft. You might remember uh, the past two seasons he's been with the... Uh, then with uh, Seanigan in the in the uh, Canadian Hockey League, Junior League up there. He had 45 points in the 2020-2021 season in 34 games, 13 goals, 32 assists. And in only 30 games, he has matched that total this year. Once again, 45 points, 17 goals, 28 assists. Uh, theoretically, with more games to be played to exceed that record, I think a kid that's uh, got that kind of power to make plays, to finish, that kind of size, 19 years old. I think uh, 20 years old, if you're starting to show that you've got, like, real talent, I think that's the time when you need to, like, stop playing with children and make the move to play with full-grown adults, whether, you know, whether it's the O, whether it's the ECHL, whether it's the A, you know, wherever you got to go. You know, there comes a time in every prospect's life when they're starting to show enough promise that they got to, you know, stop playing with kids and start playing with grown-ups. And I think uh, of all these people I'm going to talk about, I think Olivier, Olivier Nadeau is the guy who's... I, I wouldn't be surprised if he got a phone call that, you know, get like a professional tryout with the, uh, with the Rochester Americans next year. I think he would make a pretty good fit pretty much anywhere in that lineup. You know, he could be... Uh, I mean, he's not quite the uh, lethal sniper finisher that uh, Jack Quinn was on the right wing, but I think he could add a lot to the forward depth up there. You know, be, you got guys like uh, Michael Merce still sticking around, obviously. R2 Roots and still in the mix. Brandon Byro. You know, there's a lot of guys that are probably still going to be there next year, uh, but they got to they got to see what some of these younger prospects got to offer. Another guy that we hear a lot about, he's a little bit younger, but Josh Bloom, uh, the third-round pick, from that same draft, 2021, he's an 18-year-old left wing. Another, uh, on, he's another Canada boy, Ontario, Oakville to be precise. 6'2", 182 pounds. Uh, he's been playing two years in the O with the Saginaw Spirit. Uh, last year, uh, well, the year before, 2019-2020, he kind of missed. Obviously, a lot of kids missed a year due to COVID, which is a real shame for development. He got 14 points in 54 games, so, you know, nothing nothing super impressive. He was a younger guy back then. He, what, he would have been 16 at that point. Uh, so, you know, six goals, eight assists, over 54 games, minus five, only nine penalty minutes. But then this current season he's in right now, uh, 31 points in 32 games, almost a point per game pace, 15 goals, 16 assists. Still a minus five, only 10 penalty minutes and, you know, only a few games. You know, Josh Bloom is one of those middle picks. A lot of guys didn't know too much about him, but I think that he could be a pretty good addition. You know, he might be a little bit too young. He might want one more year in the O. It's tough to say, but, you know, you're starting to see the guy produce. Start to see him put up some big numbers. I don't know if that's just the hype of having just been drafted by a team in the National Hockey League that now he's like trying to get those show me numbers up to get a call up to a next uh get a call up to that next level but I do hope it happens. Another guy worth talking about, uh Tyson Kozak. 
Uh, same draft year, 2021. We got a lot of interesting picks that are already starting to be pretty promising. This guy was seventh round, the 193rd pick overall. Another Canadian boy, 5'11", 173. So a little bit on the smaller side, but a 19-year-old left. Left-hand shot, plays center. You could never have too many centers. He's playing in the WHL, Portland Winterhawks. Uh, he's been playing with them for the past three years now. So he, four years now, actually, excuse me. Uh, didn't get, didn't make much happen in his very first season. He only had five games, uh, didn't get any points out of it. But then the very following season, 2019, 2020, 29 points in 63 games, 13 goals, 16 assists, a plus minus of plus 27. Uh, so the kid is definitely uh, on the ice making things happen when it counts. Uh, last year, it looks like he might have been cut short due to... Uh, must have been due to injury because he only played about 18 games. But even in those 18 games, he got 11 points, three goals, eight assists, uh, minus two on the year. So a little bit less than stellar than the year before. But again, it sounds like, he, you know, I'd have to dig a little deeper into it. But he must have been working through some kind of injury that took him out for the majority of the season. And then currently this year, Portland Winterhawks numbers uh, 36 games, 36 points exactly a point per game right now 17 goals 19 assists plus seven uh 23 penalty minutes not too bad you know young guys they'll take some penalties from time to time so yeah a little bit smaller but then again we got we got a lot of guys in our prospect pool that are on the small side and uh you know kids like jj paterica and our two roots in line and peyton krebs jack quinn they're not like the biggest customers but they're proven to you that they can uh they can play the game with the big boys and I think that Tyson Kozak could potentially be one of those like late round picks. You know, he might just turn out to be a really good depth guy. It's tough to say, but uh, at least at the uh, WHL level, he's finding a lot of success real young. It's good to see. Uh, what, one of the guys that I think is obviously, that's more of an obvious choice, but he's a defenseman. We keep forgetting about him just because in this, uh, in this current year, you know, we just drafted Owen Power, so it's kind of hard to think about any other left-handed defenseman when you've already got Dahlien and Power. But two years ago, I think one of the final pieces of the uh, accursed Ryan O'Reilly trade uh, was the uh, first-round pick in 2019 where we scooped up Ryan Johnson. Uh, he has currently been playing for the University of Minnesota. He has been playing for them for the past three years. Uh, he looks like he's playing more of a noble, you know, defensive to style defense. He's not a big point getter. He's not a big playmaker. But uh, across the board, his plus minus has just always been pretty stellar. You know, with the Suey Fall Stampede in 2018, plus minus at plus 24. Uh, 2020, 2021, uh, you know, four points in the world juniors. You know, very good USA team. Uh, plus five in that one. Uh, this past season, the past season with the University of Minnesota, he's got 14 points in 27 games, two goals, 12 assists. Uh, pretty common for the defenseman to get way more assists than goals, obviously. Uh, and then this current season with the University of Minnesota, uh, 12 points in 23 games. So he's pretty close to meet, reaching last year's numbers. Uh, two goals, 10 assists. A plus minus a plus seven last year of course was a plus minus a plus 15 so uh you could definitely see this kid trying to uh fill the void that matias samuelson leaves behind you know keep that decor strong in rochester 
And again, as he's a junior with the University of Minnesota, it's going to start to beg the question, do you want to finish your senior year with the team? Uh, do you want to finish your studies with the University of Minnesota? Or do you want to uh, finally get a call to the big show? Because of these people, he is the oldest on that list as he's a 2019 draft pick. He is 20 as of right now. He will be 21 by this summer, birthday in July. Uh, he's the only American that I've talked about on this list. Uh, but, you know, these are questions that the Rochester Americans are going to have to ask themselves as uh, a lot of the uh, stellar people that are making them contenders for the Calder Cup are... Uh, more likely than not walking out the door to the big show and uh barring it barring any major busts it's very likely you do not see them again you know i don't see a guy like jack quinn or peyton krebs or jj paterka having to make the walk back home um but you know thankfully for the americans it's more likely than not that at the very least one if not both uh devin levi eric portillo gotta start thinking about the next move i mean devin levi's just had just an absurd season just so many shutouts just it like unplug the other team's controller kind of save percentage just like irresponsible like the kind of numbers that ryan miller was putting up in his college days it's just like scary how good this kid is and of course eric tello playing for that wagon in michigan like it's very likely that one, if not both, of those kids are going to make the call up to Rochester. Now, if they are your goalie tandem, if UPL isn't injured to the point of no return, uh, you know, we can start seeing the development of the future of goaltending for the Rochester for the Rochester Americans, and then eventually the Buffalo Sabers. Uh, but yeah, it's it's interesting to look at. Obviously, uh, with a video about picks and prospects. A lot of this, a lot of this speculation can change wildly, based on who's picked up this year. You know, obviously this year we have, as of right now, three first-round picks, uh, two of which, of course, are conditional. Um, if the Florida first-round pick is somewhere within the top ten, uh, the pick will be exchanged with Florida's 2023 first-round pick. Uh, same with Vegas. If the Vegas first round pick is anywhere within the top 10, they will trade it for the 2023 first round pick. Uh, but yeah, uh, with that, there's three for potentially three first round picks on the table this year. I have a hard time believing that either Florida or the Vegas Golden Knights are going to drop down to the bottom 10 of the league at this point. Uh, Vegas is the very clear favorite to take the West. Uh, Florida's given everybody a run for their money. I I honestly really hope that they can upset the Tampa Bay Lightning. I think that that would be a wonderful story for a team like the Florida Panthers to finally make it out of a playoff round and just upset everybody by putting the back-to-back -back Stanley Cup champions down a peg and show them which Florida team wants to take some dominance in this league. And I think that that would just be a very fun finish. But that said, we're probably going to look looking at three first-round picks this coming summer. So any one of those three kids could potentially be someone that can slot right into Rochester like immediately, or they're going to the college level. It's it's really tough to say. It's it's impossible to know for sure. But you know, it's going to be a wild ride. But as of right now, Buffalo isn't looking at the number one. 
unless they wildly win the draft lottery with a fraction of a percentage chance. You know, probably more like five or six at this point. You know, unless we tank super hard just to try to win Shane Wright. I don't know. But it's going to be an interesting offseason. I hope that there's a big trade for a right-handed defenseman. I hope it goes down. Um, I hope a lot of these people who have expiring contracts, I hope at the trade deadline teams looking for depth, can offer us even more picks. Offer Even if they're later round picks, I think these next two years of draft class are just going to be just absolutely irresponsible like 2023 in particular is just looking absurd um you know and of course we do have two three second round picks in the 2023 draft so it's just really fun to think about who's coming through who's gonna who's gonna hit who's gonna bust but uh and i and i haven't begun i haven't even begun to talk about what's going on in russia because some of those kids are just absolutely irresponsible but i don't I, I need to do a little bit more research on how hard it is to break a KHL contract before I get a, a little too excited about any of those kids coming stateside. Uh, I think the only one that's here right now is uh, Steven Sandarian, Sardarian playing with the uh, Youngstown's Phantoms in the USHL. Uh, he's doing okay. You know, 18 years old. He was a third-round pick this year. 14 points in 23 games. But again, I think that kid's a little bit young. 6'1", but only 156 pounds. That kid's got to bulk up real quick. But uh, yeah, as of right now, he's the only Russian that we have drafted that's made it stateside. I hope that that trend changes. I think the next episode is probably going to be Russian-focused. But uh, that said, I think this is going to just about cut it for the uh, third episode of Where the Buffalo Roam. Uh, thank you very much for watching, as always. Uh, thank you to Trainwreck Sports and Two Goalies, One Mike for giving me the uh, platform to just talk about picks and prospects and young kids that make me excited to wear blue and gold. And uh, everybody say a quick prayer that Jack Quinn recovers well. Uh, projected to be out four to six weeks with this injury. You hate to see it. Want him back as soon as humanly possible. Middle stats hitting the road next week with the team. It's likely he'll be back on the ice sooner than later. Uh, Kyle Leposo's out for the count. Malcolm Subban's out for the count. Colin Miller's out for the count. Everyone's just getting injured. So say a quick prayer for all your injured Sabres. Make sure they recover soon. Make sure they get all the soup they need. Definitely go to our sponsor, Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case. So don't haste. Ooh, I'm going to play some NHL 22. That was fun. I love hockey. Uh, thanks for watching, everybody. Uh, have a good rest of your night. Uh, have a good tomorrow. And as always, let's go Buffalo. Hey, everybody. This is Dwayne from Two Goalies, One Mike here to remind you that after you get done listening to the episode, which I hope you loved it and I hope you enjoyed it, please be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you are using Apple Podcasts, do me a favor. Please be sure to leave us a five-star review and, of course, write us a review. It goes a long way in getting us noticed and getting us some kind of recognition in this world of podcasting. It goes such a long way. And, obviously, if you're watching on YouTube at Two Goalies, One Mike, hammer that subscribe button. Leave us some comments. Show us some love with some likes. Again, it goes a long way, and we really appreciate your love and support. To those of you who have been with us since Episode 1, 
Thanks for sticking with us for this long. For those of you who are jumping on the bandwagon right now, I promise you, you will not be disappointed. We have a season of guests that are going to blow you away. Uh, this year for hockey is going to be big with them going to ESPN, TNT. We've already seen how great it's been. Just, you know, they just got done with the first two nights of this season. It's been phenomenal. We get Gretzky back, Gretzky and Barkley. It's it's phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. So we are going to have so much to talk about this year. Thanks for hopping on with us. Thanks for listening to this episode, and we will talk to you soon. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. We all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.